With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you again. On Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hail Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And to get the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, where you can hear the show. Hail Varsity YouTube, we'll get to some of your comments here and dive into the topic about missteps in year one on offense. Real quick basketball note, our friend David checks in. If you can't win on the road, your postseason chances dwindle. Amen. And Hoiberg's 11-51 and 51 on the road at Nebraska. They've had some good ends-of-season road wins. Wisconsin last year, I think they shocked Ohio State, but they, they always put it together too late. They put it together early this season, and now it's time to kind of find your footing uh, on the road because you've done it earlier. K-State's nothing to sneeze at. They did that as a, as a bounce back against K-State. So just when you're ready to tap out on this basketball team, Elijah, they uh, – as, as Al Pacino would say and Sill would mimic in uh, The Sopranos, they pull you back in. Well, and if you can't see that the, the first three years of Hoiberg's tenure is different than this year, I, I don't want to say irrelevant, but it's pretty close to compared to what we've seen this year, then I don't think I can help different, you. Different mentality. Different mentality, different team. Numbers are numbers, but let's talk numbers with some some fits via the portal well, versus... Some context. Like, uh, like saying that... Hoiberg in his time at Nebraska is what was the number eleven and fifty one? Is that what the number was on the road? Like, yeah. if you are unable to to have any context with that, I think that that number is pretty unhelpful because of how different this mm-hmm. team is this year from construction to experience. To I mean, so many parts of this team are are, are so different than than years past. Even how they they try to operate offensively and defensively, it's it's pretty different. I guess I'll, I'll give you some points, just considering the fact that that the road struggles have continued this year, but I don't think using the road struggles in the, the first three seasons of, of Hoiberg's tenure are necessarily relevant to this team. I'll particular. give you some context, though. You did get whacked at Iowa. You did lose a 15-point lead at Minnesota, right? And then you well, got- well, but, but the, when I look at the Iowa game, like that, the team, its ability to fight back early in the second half and, and take a lead briefly is not something that a Hoiberg team of, of years past people to do. I think you can criticize that they weren't able to finish and they couldn't go attack a 2-3 zone, but the fact that that team battled back and took a lead at all at Carver-Hawkeye is so different than what Hoiberg's teams in the past have been. You get down 10 or 15 points on the road in the first half, all those other Hoiberg teams would have rolled over and ended up losing by 30. Fair. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's been some quit in past teams. I don't know that there's a lot of quit. You just need better, smarter basketball when adversity hits. They have that at home. They haven't on the road I mean, that often. It feels like... Like years past, this team has been in the foot of a valley, you know, looking at at a fourteen thousand foot peak ahead of it. Whereas now it's <laughs> it's twelve thousand feet up the peak, and it's got a little bit more to go to get over that hump. 
but it, it feels so much closer, and that's why I think it, it's a little bit irrelevant. Like it's like uh, I, the analogy is not perfect, but like you can't compare the climbers that are at twelve thousand feet to the climbers that are at the base of the mountain at two thousand feet. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, and the top is. Of course, that NCAA tournament. Let's get into the Husker offense, and you've got Glenn Thomas uh, the last 24 hours, name we've talked about for a few weeks now. It's officially official. Great. Now what with Nebraska's offense? And let's talk about some of the ills for a moment. If, if you were to circle the, the biggest misstep for Nebraska last year, it, it was – it was quarterback, it was turnovers at quarterback, and just fumbles in general. I would go offensive line, like under center run game, and I just think youth. And that's not a misstep, that was just a reality. The The thing that you, you can't fix or help is injuries. I mean, all of it kind of stems from, from an injury uh, at some key spots, but I think you got quarterback wrong, clearly last year with your starter and uh, you had to, to learn on the job with uh, you know a, a couple of guys that haven't played a lot of football and gave their best and showed some flashes and, and the more time goes on though I, I think you can look at quarterback as being a misstep but I think a lot of other people on the flip side of the coin are saying well who's evaluating the quarterback who's sitting back there and saying you know what Jeff Sims that's our best option to win because the more time goes on, the more we hear, well, Sims had turnover issues in, in, in spring football. He had turnover issues in fall camp as well, really struggled in, in the pressure moments in practice, a, a, a two-minute drill. He was struggling with interceptions in that moment. Do, do you look at that and do you blame the quarterback or do you blame the coaching staff and the quarterback coaching for, for putting that guy on the field in the first place? I think you can, you can bemoan the, the talent evaluation and say, well, why was Sims playing here in the first place? I disagree with that. I think you can see the fact that Sims had a lot of arm talent. He had a lot of athleticism. Where, where Sims struggled was between the ears and being able to, to read a defense and throw it to the right guy. That's where Jeff Sims struggled. So do you put that on Sims considering, yeah, he, he had that throughout his entire career? Do you blame the coaching staff for sitting there and throwing him into those same situations and expecting different results? You needed the to, to vet it better. Uh, you needed to really look now coaches are going to be optimistic and they're going to say hey we can we can fix that guy or we can help that guy get to a height of a level he's never achieved before there's enough natural raw talent and that's not wrong there's a reason the kid was a four-star recruit not to beat a dead horse, but in an Elite 11 guy. I mean, there's natural talent He was there. the most naturally gifted quarterback on the field last year for Nebraska. Was yes. he the best quarterback? No. no. But was he the most naturally gifted? Absolutely. You see that, and you're like, okay, we can we can work with this, and I like the dual threat part of it, and let's, let's rock and roll. What you can account for is continued mistakes in big moments. You, you can't account for from the get-go just the personality of the stage and the forcing and and want, wanting to do well it wasn't a it wasn't a selfish thing it was just a guy that wanted to, to go make plays to help win ball games and you, you tried too hard and, and it was a mess and I think you can sprinkle in also just what what you were calling I think there there was a little bit of a square peg round hole we've talked about a little bit versus calling what you want to call 
calling what you, you, you know works or, dude, I, I'm through the playbook. I don't know what we do well if, if I'm the offensive staff because of injuries, because of inexperience, because of the, t- the team we're playing. I mean, so it was, a, it was an absolute uphill battle for this offense this isn't excuse making. This is look at the defenses they played. Look at the defenses they played that were ranked in the top twenty-five. Look at the defenses that were really good against the run. So what did you see? You saw an offense and a head coach and a staff say, "Okay, let's implement some more quarterback run. Let's try and do some play action. We've got some skill guys uh, that we're going to get involved, even if they are true freshmen." And let's figure things out. Oh, by the way, our running back room got decimated. Let's get Emmett coached up and and get Emmett the, the football. And and he was very solid. I'm I'm excited to see him next year. But the misstep to me from the get-go, I mean, being at Minnesota, watching that ball game, Nebraska, what they turned to in the second quarter. They got some some yards. Quarterback run. Quarterback run. Because what couldn't they do out of the three wide tight end set with the one back? They couldn't run under center for, for very many yards. And not a lot of teams made money on Minnesota doing it. So I think what they saw maybe during the lead up and then what they had to, to kind of roll with the punches with during the season, Minnesota, Colorado, turnovers. I mean, just some unforced turnovers. We know Boulder, what happened there, where you're, where you're on the move. You're, you're working on going up 3 nothing. You, you drop a snap. That's the moment. And then take that moment on a big third down and then apply it to 100,000 at Lincoln on a game day Saturday, the fishbowl that is Lincoln. But do you blame? You just misjudge. Do you blame Jeff Sims for those turnovers? I think that's the obvious. Yes, answer. You, or yeah. Do you blame a coach for saying, man, this guy had turnover issues against Minnesota? He's got turnover issues here in a game that's still in the balance. I mean, did anyone go talk to the kid on the sideline? Did he still he didn't play like he was still confident? Did he sound confident on the sideline? Why are you throwing him back out there in that environment just because it's game two? Because you've invested too much already. I think. I mean, you, you want, you're, you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. No, no. no you want, you want to give him. Moment. You want to give him a chance to kind of fight out of it until you until you've given him enough time to fight out of it, right? I mean, that's one thing I love about this coaching staff is you've seen guys go on a milk carton for screw up. They didn't do that. Now, maybe it was detrimental to not pull sooner, right? But they they eventually did, right, when it came to the Purdue situation. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the final straw. So I like I like having the back of your player, but the player's got to perform. It, it, is, it is an arm wrestling match, man. It's kind of almost chicken or egg. Uh, ultimately, you're boss because you're coach. So whatever decision you got to make, there's a thousand second guessers and there's only one right decision where everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. The kid goes out and is Vince Young. Well, and, and I think the, 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 the simple answer here is, was the quarterback play from Nebraska good enough last year? Clearly no. not. Was the coaching surrounding the quarterback no. position last year good enough? No. Is the answer Dylan Ryle and Glenn Thomas? That's kind, yes. of, like, that's kind, of, that's kind of the heart of, that, the, of that's this That's got to be the answer. I mean, that's, that's what the answer – the answer is going to be really – Good offensive line, like an offensive line that you've seen, you haven't seen in, in a while where you can get four on first down or you can have a guy that can complete a pass over the middle or the dump off to the tight end because I don't think you're going to have any quarterback run unless you have a package for Harburg, which is cool, which could work. But it's um, 
you're asking me as a player or coach, it, 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 what was the misstep? And ultimately, it's the, the coaches who brought this dude in. Mm-hmm. And didn't necessarily tailor an offense that fit the strength I think of, they thought of that, Sims or Harburg. I mean, I think the, the offense... They tailored the an offense of, that fit Harburg, I thought. To a point. You're not going to ask a guy that's got minimal time of quarterback development to throw it 35, 40 times in a pro style. Well, I mean, the, I think that's, the, that's idiotic. The offense was best tailored to a guy in Chubba Purdy at the end of the season. And in, the question becomes, why was he not out there? Health. Was it health? Did we ever get that confirmed? Well, I mean, when when you're competing for the, the co one or two spot and you've got sports hernia going on and you put off surgery. I would say health. But he's still good enough to go at the end of last season. Uh-huh. Because you couldn't screw up this Wart's hernia anymore, so why and, not? And that's the heart of my question. Why was he not out there sooner then? Because he probably wasn't healthy I, enough. I, I mean, I, it, I, it, I was, it was a gradual thing where he got back to health. There's plenty of questions that go put to both coaching staff and quarterback last season, and I think Husker fans pray that the combination of Dylan Rylo and Glenn Thomas is a Band-Aid for that. <laughs> well, you know, it could be more than, you know, a Band-Aid. Jock Docs on the way. Hail Varsity continues. We're powered by Cornhead Lager.